This is Fullness of Life, discussing topics important to your life of faith and ways to grow in a life of grace. Join us each month as we inspire listeners to a deeper relationship with the Lord to live His fullness of life. Now, here's your host, Letty Medina. Welcome everyone, this is Letty Medina with WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio and my show Fullness of Life. And this month I have Father John Clote with me, a good friend of mine uh, who is living in Arizona now. I've known him a little over five years and I have been wanting to get him on my show because he has a wonderful background in filmmaking. And he has, happens to be working on a film that is really close to being released, all about the topic of the Sacrament of Confession. So welcome, Father John. Thank you, Letty. It's, uh, it's good to see you again and talk to you. Father John, why don't we start out with just some of the basics? Like, why don't you tell people a little bit about your background and where you work right now in the church? So I'm a a Catholic priest. I'm uh, working presently in the Diocese of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm in the process of incarnation. Um, I was a Franciscan friar for, and still am canonically, um, for the last 13 years. And um, my ministry has uh, brought me out here to to Phoenix. I am, uh, as you mentioned, I'm working on a, a film on the Sacrament of Confession will be released um, in uh, April on Divine Mercy Sunday. I am vicar at Holy Spirit Parish in Tempe, Arizona, and uh, which is basically a, uh, a municipality that is a satellite municipality around uh, the diocese, or the city of Phoenix, rather. And so it's a, it's a vibrant parish. Uh, beautiful parish, big parish, and um, I'm very grateful to be here um, serving the people at, at this wonderful place. So, Can you share with the listeners a little bit about your background in filmmaking? Uh, because I think it's an interesting part of your journey. Yeah, so for when I graduated from college, my degree was in um, uh, broadcast journalism and communications, and uh, I worked uh, for a number of years for uh, NBC News in St. Louis and uh, wrote and produced for all the newscasts there. And then I went into um, corporate film and video um, and, uh, and served as an executive on a number of uh, different projects and in, in different areas uh, in film, television, and radio. Uh, I was the chief programming officer for Relevant Radio for several years. Um, they've now, their growth, I, I was more at the beginning of, uh, of, of that endeavor, and um, their growth now has just exploded. And um, so I, I've done film, television, and radio. With regards to film, I've probably done about, uh, it's now 15 or 15 full-length documentaries. And I started doing those more. The first one I did more out of just I wanted to do a, a, a project about the faith. And then I realized that there was a tremendous amount of interest um, in long-form documentaries uh, about the faith, whether it's a particular person, a saint like um, St. Maximine Colby or John Paul II, 
or uh, Mother Teresa or St. Faustina, all of which I've done programs on, or if it's something that's faith-related in a more topical sense, for example, uh, the whole uh, article of faith of purgatory. What does the church teach? What's the history of that? Why do we believe it? Where, what are the scriptural foundations for it? Same thing for confession, which is what I'm doing now. So that's kind of a, a very thumbnail sketch of, of my background. So I've worked in television news. I've worked in corporate life. Uh, I've worked in radio and in long-form documentary, um, both on the, the secular side and on the... Um, on the faith-based side. Okay, thanks. And I want to encourage our listeners to uh, look up, if they have not seen your film about purgatory, that it is very well done and it is very, very enlightening, uh, especially for so many people who struggle with the idea of purgatory because it's hard to understand, right? Right. So... Um, yeah, over the years, uh, that whole topic, it's it's been um, often... Uh, poorly preached and poorly understood. That's what the film really helped, helped to, I think, um, educate and catechize and uh, illuminate the whole topic of, basically the whole topic of after death purification, because that's really what it is, you know? And so uh, it's named uh, Purgatory, the Forgotten Church. You can purchase it on uh, at, at Ignatius Films. You know, Ignatius Press carries it, Leaflet Missile. Uh, Marytown in your area um, has it so wonderful. So what what inspired you to do to begin the film on uh, about the topic of confession? Well, I, I saw that um, I, my understanding of confession was that, uh, and it certainly has grown that it's it's much more than just us going into um, a room and listing uh, our sins. It is a, an encounter with Christ himself. It's one of the seven sacraments, and it is a, uh, it's about grace. It's yeah. about grace, and I really emphasize that with people. Um, so many of us carry around uh, wounds from the past. We carry around um, sins and baggage from the past, and with a little bit of faith and uh, going to our Lord with uh, some contrition. Lord does so much with that. He heals us. He redeems us. He restores us. He liberates us. And uh, like I said, we all have our own unique stories. And we don't ask so many times for the wounds that end up in our lives and it, it, they come to us. They, they come in the for, form of many different crosses. Um, sometimes we make poor choices and, and we need to repent of those poor choices and, um, and ask our Lord to uh, illuminate our hearts, our minds, our wills, our intellects, our imaginations so that we make good, holy choices. And, um, but confession is a, um, it's always there, and our Lord never gets tired of forgiving us. I mean, we, we look at what he told St. Peter, you know, in terms of having a forgiving heart. And so the, the church takes that position, and, 
it, it, if I had to say, you know, one statement about confession is it is about grace. It's, it's many people find different reasons why they shouldn't go, you know, and those range from um, fear. They can range from pride to um, embarrassment to shame. Um, there's, there's many different reasons why people avoid confession. But I'm here to tell you both as a penitent and as a priest that um, you do yourself an enormous favor by placing yourself in our Lord's hands in the sacrament of confession because it is there that he promises us through the, the great saints, including St. Um, Faustina, um, who was the Polish mystic and the great saint in the early part of the uh, 20th century, who said Jesus uh, made many revelations to her about the sacrament of confession. And he said it, it in the sacrament of confession that many miracles, he said the greatest of miracles takes place. And wow. so, um, again, and it's unique to us because all of us are different. All of us come to that sacrament. Yes, we come with sins, but we come with different sins, and we come with different wounds, and we come with different struggles and trials. And we need grace to respond in a way that is generous and that is healing for us and healing for those that we encounter, especially our families and our friends and those with whom we uh, work and pray. Yeah, I love that. And um, I always try to encourage people that I encounter who are, you know, perhaps have kind of fallen away from the practice of going to that sacrament. I try to encourage them by explaining to them that uh, it's a healing sacrament. It's one of the, the healing sacraments of the church. And that true healing occurs in our hearts and souls when we go and humble ourselves, speak those sins and struggles to the priest who is representative of Christ, but it's truly Christ in the confessional with that person uh, using, you know, the priest uh, to speak the words of forgiveness and mercy into that person's life and healing. Yeah, the benefits of, um, of sacramental confession um, let me just kind of give you a bullet point, because I know our time is limited today. Um, it purifies the conscience. It increases grace. It strengthens the will. It increases self-knowledge. accelerates growth in virtue. It promotes growth in humility. It assists us in conquering our bad habits. It assists us in conquering the spirit of lukewarmness. And we achieve much greater self-control and i can tell you again as a penitent and as a priest that i have found all of those things to be true and and and, and even more so and the other thing that happens in the confessional is that healing takes place in areas of our heart that we are not even aware of that that is where the heaviness comes from in certain parts of our lives. And it's because there's this accumulation. It's a, um, you know, like a, a, a pipe can sometimes calcify because there's different things in the water. 
our, our souls can be like that too. And unless we go in and we clean that out and we bring it to our Lord, you know, our Lord's the divine physician. And he knows what ails us, even if we're not aware of it. And many times, um, when people come into confession, they will walk out with a spirit and a, and a lightness and a clarity that, that they can't even explain. But that's why they go back. Go go to and speak to anybody. I challenge any of your listeners, go and ask them, anybody that uses that sacrament with regularity, why do you go back? And they will give you their own witness. They'll give you their own testimony of, you know, of why they do that. And, and um, like I said, we're all sinners, but we all have a unique um, road to, to go to heaven. And uh, it's filled with different challenges and different trials and different struggles. But our Lord is there to um, be with us and to meet us on that road, you know, um, when we read in St. Luke's Gospel the parable of the prodigal son, um, we all know that, that parable, that beautiful story. But when you read it, the son decided to return to the father after a life of dissipation, it says. And he says, I will go back to my father. And the Gospel tells us that when he was approaching his father's house, his father, it says, saw him from a distance and ran out to meet him. And that's what our Lord does. Yeah. As soon as we make that choice to turn back to the Father, our Lord runs out to meet us. And, and the beautiful part of that parable, which Jesus himself told, Jesus himself, himself is telling us what this sacrament is like that is such a reflection of the Father's love. He tells us, that, for example, they, uh, the son is given the robe, the ring, and the sandals. And if you know ancient Jewish civilization and practices at that time, those things are very key. They are not just insignificant details. The ring, for example, when the father says put a ring on his, on his hand, well, long ago presenting a ring to someone was a sign of great affection. But it was also a sign of being put in an office of authority. And so what the father was saying was he was restoring the sonship completely. All the inheritance, everything that he was supposed to, that he had lost by his life of dissipation, was now being restored. And, you know, the, 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 the love that the father lavishes on the son doesn't stop there. He gives him the robe. He places that robe on his shoulder. He gives him the, the, the sandals. And, and when we know anything about that particular time and place culturally, know that only slaves and servants went barefoot. So by saying he puts shoes on his feet, he puts sandals on his feet, the father is saying he is not a servant, he's not a slave, he's my son. And that's huge. That's huge because it is so, so important. When we read the whole idea about robe and having the best robe placed on him. Remember, he says he puts the best robe on him. The father was telling the prodigal and, and all the observers, too, that his position was being restored. And he was covering with him, was covering him with the paternal mantle, the mantle of protection, of sonship. And um, 
And then, of course, they kill the fatted calf, which was a, a practice when you had someone that returned and were, was away from a, uh, for a long time. So it was a celebration. It was a long-awaited celebration. And so when we go to confession, we, we, we kneel there, and the blood from the cross, the blood from Christ, flows down and ennobles our soul. Mm. And it purifies us. And when we walk out of that confessional, we're again wearing our white baptismal robe. And we start again. The last thing I would say is discouragement and exaggerated anxiety, Jesus told St. Faustina, are the two greatest obstacles to holiness. Why? Because they attack trust. And trust is what is needed in this sacrament, um, that, we, that we believe that our Lord is going to, um, to, to not only forgive us, but liberate us and heal us and restore us. Mm, I think that's amazing. Discouragement and exaggerated anxiety are the two greatest obstacles. Okay, that totally makes sense. It is time for a commercial break, uh, but don't go away. Father Don has so much more to share. Uh, we're going to talk about St. Faustina and the Divine Mercy, especially as this uh, show is playing the Saturday right before Divine Mercy Sunday. And there's just a lot more to learn about the richness of what the church offers through this incredible healing sacrament of confession. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life. We'll be right back. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. A prayer for deliverance with Father John Grigas. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of your Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, the children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters, and families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices, and we invoke Mother Mary. Also, in all the saints, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners. And may they be broken in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May He send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them. And may our Mother Mary place her motherly mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall. Amen. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Welcome 
back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life on 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I'm here with Father John Clote, and we are talking about the topic of confession, this beautiful healing sacrament that is available to us as Catholics. And Father John, I really want to just kind of highlight the fact that this really is a sacrament that many, many, many people have fallen away from um, for some of the reasons you listed, right? The fear the shame, uh, not understanding the power of it. Why do I have to confess to a person? I talk to God directly, right? There's all these reasons. Um, What would you say to the listeners who maybe have not come back to this sacrament for a long time? Well, over the years, um, the many years, the church has heard all of the uh, uh, ideas of resistance and reasons why someone should go to confession. But the truth is that Scripture and Christ himself tells us to. This, the sacraments are instituted by Christ to give grace. And Christ instituted the sacrament of confession when we read uh, John chapter 20. We read uh, the epistle of James um, chapter 5. If you, uh, and there's n- numerous other Uh, scriptural references, those are all talked about in the film by people like Scott Hahn. So he really drills down into scripture and helps us realize this is not something, you know, there there was a book written a number of years ago that said the Catholic Church invented in the 12th century at the uh, Lateran Council this idea of confession. Let's just, this is utterly untrue. Yeah. And and I can cite chapter and verse. When I give talks on confession uh, to different parishes, um, I go and I talk about, you know, Tertullian and uh, the Didache and what the fathers of the church said about confession. Now, did the form of the sacrament change? And it solidified more like in the uh the 12th century and the 7th, 7th century took more uh, defining that we would recognize it today as the sacrament of confession. But it's really not, for most people, they're not arguing with theology. They're wrestling with themselves. They're wrestling with the resistance in their own heart. And, and that comes in the form of fear, of ignorance, of, of embarrassment, of denial of sin, of pride, all of those things. And I'm here to tell you, if you could just give yourself a break, get over that, and, and challenge God. Go to confession. Go to confession and ask Him to heal you in those areas that you most need healing. And I promise you, you will walk out of that confessional, a, a liberated soul. First of all, because we're guaranteed a forgiveness. Yes. That's the beautiful thing. If you go in with the two things that you're supposed to come in with, is which is true contrition and firm purpose of amendment, and the priest gives you absolution, you walk out guaranteed that God has forgiven your sins. Beautiful. It gives people so much peace as they figure, I can start again now. I can try again. I can get back on the road to um, holiness and purity and mercy and compassion and be the man or the woman that our Lord has created me to be. Amen. I tell people, it's too good to be true. The sacrament is too good to be true. Absolutely. 
You know, it really is. It really is. I think people are shocked by that. So I think you wanted to recap on the, the benefits. As I said in the earlier segment, this, this beautiful and powerful sacrament, um, Pope Pius uh, Twelfth in his papal encyclical, Sici uh, Corporis Christi, uh, which was, I think, in the mid-1940s that was issued, he goes through in this encyclical, and, and he kind of just lists the things that uh, uh, are, are the, the, the most prominent benefits of this sacrament. He says it purifies the conscience. It increases uh, grace. It strengthens the will. It increases self-knowledge. Excel, accelerates growth in virtue. It promotes growth in humility. Uh, it helps us to conquer bad habits. It assists in conquering that spirit of lukewarmness, and we achieve greater self-control. When we talk about the purifying of the conscience, St. Augustine said, a good conscience is the palace of Christ, mm. the temple of the Holy Ghost, the paradise of delight, and the standing Sabbath of the saints. Beautiful. Confession purifies the conscience. It strengthens the will. How many of us don't need help with strengthening our will? Yeah. You know, we want a, a strong will to do God's work in our life, to be the Father's and the, the mothers and the brothers and the sisters that we're called to be. Confession prepares us for that spiritual combat. The Holy Father said, having faith does not mean having no difficulties, but having the strength to face them, knowing that we're not alone. And I think, you know, you had mentioned earlier, people are concerned about, you know, uh, that they're embarrassed by their sins or that the peace will remember them. I had a lady come up to me last week after I gave a, a homily and I talked a little bit about confession. And she said, she's, she's one of my parishioners, and she said, I'm afraid that uh, you're, you're going you're gonna to remember my voice and you're going to know who I'm I said, I can't remember what I have for breakfast. Most <laughs> priests, in fact, all priests will tell you, you know, they... they we're in the confessional for, you know, sometimes two and three hours. Yeah. And we're more focused on that soul at that time. We're not making a list. We don't, you know, and, and I, I hate to say we've heard it all, but for the, for the most part, we've heard it all. And that's, that's the silly thing. And it's not silly in that I'm not saying people's feelings on this are silly, but it's it, the devil has really done a number on us to make us think, that somehow in seven, 7 billion people on the planet, our sin, our one sin, what we did that one time in college, somehow God is, God, God that, that's the limit of God's mercy. He's just not going to forgive us. And he can't believe we did. I mean, we need to get over ourselves, frankly, and trust the goodness of God. Because Jesus is not just merciful. He's good. And when you really know that, and we understand that Christ is not just merciful. He's good. The, he tells St. Faustina, there, the, there are no words in any language to express his goodness. Mm. That's a different quality than mercy. You know, um, I think some people look at mercy and they say, well, it's God restraining his, his, his hand from, from slapping. No, that's how they look at mercy. Right. Goodness, goodness is is uh, a, an attribute of God that maybe we don't 
sick of. You know, we call him the good shepherd, but what does that really look like in practical terms? And uh, I think it's worthy of reflection mm. to think about the goodness of God and to enter into that and, and ask our Lord in your own prayers. Lord, sh show me, a help me to have a deeper appreciation of your goodness. And he will do that. But what's interesting about that is when you begin to focus on our Lord's goodness, you, you want to respond to that goodness in a way that gives you strength and it gives you um, purity of heart and it gives you a motivation far beyond fear, fear of being punished. It is instead a catalyst because I want to do good to love. I want to do good to the one who is good. It transforms us. And I think only Jesus Christ can do that. Amen. Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit can do that in our hearts. And it is, you know, this is not theological or pious ramblings. I want people to believe this is true. This is true. And, and I want anybody that's driving in their car right now or listening as they're cleaning their house or they're doing their dishes or uh, whatever they're doing, ask themselves, I haven't you been confession? We're in the middle of Lent as we record this. And what does the gospel say? Repent and believe in the gospel. Amen. Well, the gospel tells us, Jesus tells us in the, the scriptures that we are to confess our sins to one another. And we do that as Catholic in person of the priest. Because why? That priest represents the whole church. That priest represents your believing community. And that priest then listens to you. And because of what is said in John chapter 20, through the apostles we are given the ability to loose and to bind. We can loosen those who come to us for absolution from their sins. And what is forgiven on earth is forgiven in heaven. And it's a beautiful sacrament. And there's a, you know, Letty, there's a psychological component to this sacrament that's rarely talked about. And it, it, it's, it's the effects of the burden that we carry with us because of our sins. Because we were made by a creator that gave us natural law and gave us the ability to know Keep in our hearts and our souls right, the difference between right and wrong. And we know when we've done right and wrong. And um, we can do a lot more right when we keep what we've done wrong in front of us. I love, okay, I, yeah, I love everything you just shared. I want to highlight a few things. So the goodness of God. I love the fact that you're encouraging the listeners to reflect on the goodness of God. It is hard for a lot of people, especially if they have wounded relationships with their own parents or with siblings, or they've, they've been treated badly by someone who has, you know, hurt them or failed them. They may have a harder time believing in the goodness of God, right? But I agree with you that he is so good. He is so good. And when we come to know his goodness, you're right. We're going to run to him because that's where we're going to find all the grace we need to live a life of peace, of joy, of love, of freedom. And freedom comes through a lot of, through the graces of the, of the sacraments and confession being one of them. Uh, the other thing I want to highlight real quickly is you had mentioned, 
you know, Satan kind of does a number on us where we uh, believe that our sins are so bad and nobody's ever done the sins that I've done that I really want our listeners to understand that there is an enemy who is real and he's constantly working against us. He constantly wants to hold us in a place of darkness, fear, pain, discouragement, shame, you name it. He does not want us to go to Jesus Christ in the sacraments. That's the last place he wants us to go because that's where all the grace is going to be found. So please understand that there is a battle going on, right? And we need to be able to push through all those loud, negative voices and trust in the fact there is a God who loves us and who wants us to live in freedom and peace and joy and love. And so we're going to keep urging you all, if you haven't been to confession, get back to this beautiful sacrament. It's pure gift, pure gift. So Father John, let's continue with the list. You you were had started the, the list and some of the different quotes. Okay. So St. Uh, 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 Teresa, Mother Teresa, when we talked about increasing self-knowledge, St. Teresa says, self-knowledge puts us on our knees and it is very necessary for love. For knowledge of God gives love, and knowledge of self gives humility. Mm. That is Mother Teresa. Confession increases self-knowledge. We talked about how it accelerates growth in virtue. St. Dominic says, ask Jesus to make you a saint. After all, only he can do that. And that's one of the things that helps us to accelerate in virtue, is this understanding that we can't do it ourselves. We can't do it ourselves. No way. We can't give ourselves, and we can't we can't grow in sanctity without the grace of Christ. But the beautiful thing is, he tells us, just ask for it. Just ask for it, and don't stop asking for it once. Ask for it all the time. We also talked about how it promotes growth and humility. Um, humility is this is from G.K. Chesterton. Humility is the mother of giants. One sees great things from the valley, only small things from the peak. Remember, it was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men saints. That's G.K. Chester. Powerful. growth in humility. And I can tell you this, when I, I interviewed Mother Teresa in 1996 in New York City and spent a couple of hours with her, and one of the things that, that struck me was when we were brought into the chapel, we were to meet her in the chapel, and several of her nuns were in there. And my friend, Tim Blanchard, who has worked with me on many of the films, said that he immediately looked up in the front of the chapel for Mother Teresa. And he, and he started to, to kind of, his eyes kind of began to scan the chapel to look for her, and he, he didn't see her. And then his eyes rested in the back of the chapel against the wall, and she was kneeling at the very back of the chapel against the wall, praying with her sisters. Hmm. And that was always habitually where she would, she would pray. And she, they did an hour of adoration a day. And I would tell this, if you're afraid to go to, to confession, I, I have a challenge for you. Go and spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And ask our Lord for the grace and the strength, and He will do it. Amen. I promise you, yeah. He will do it. Beautiful. Um, so, uh, confession, adoration, the Eucharist, these are, the other thing, Letty, this is medicinal. Um, it's a sacrament. 
it's medicine for the soul and people need to really understand that and the reason i'm so passionate about confession is because i see the benefits all the time but i also see the denial that people are denying themselves freedom liberation strength all of those benefits that you and i just talked about we're denying ourselves yep. that if we take a proud stance and say i don't need to go or, or i don't need to confess to a priest you know um there's too much to be lost here to just gloss over this sacrament and say, I don't need it. Absolutely. And in this last few uh, seconds before we go to break, I just want to um, uh, call out something beautiful that you actually brought about at Marytown, the shrine of Maximilian Colby here in Libertyville when you were um, serving as the rector there. And uh, you worked hard to uh, offer daily confession Monday through Friday, both in the morning and in the evening. Uh, so twice a day, five days a week. And you brought two new confessional boxes to the back of Marytown in that beautiful uh, Perpetual Adoration Chapel. And I just want to thank you for that, Father John, because that has been just a fountain of grace for the people in this area who live here. Because I can tell you every time I go, every day of the week that I've been there, there's always people in line for confession. And so thank you for working hard to make that happen. Praise God. That's, uh, like I told you, that makes my, that makes my year to hear that because I, um, I'm here now in Arizona, but um, it's, it's a testament to our Lord and to his grace and to his willingness to uh, forgive. No matter where you are in your life, in your journey, no matter how much you've sinned and how bad a person you may think you are, go to confession. Amen. All right, well, we'll be right back after this short break, but please come back to hear a little bit more about this film that Father John has been working on all about the sacrament of confession. Hello, I'm Father James Kubicki, the U.S. Director of the Apostleship of Prayer, and I ask you to support Catholic Radio in your area because Catholic Radio is the way that we can get the word out today. It's Catholic evangelization at its best, and I've heard conversion stories all over the place because of people who have tuned in as they're driving or in their homes, listening to Catholic Radio by accident, and the Lord touching their hearts through the message they heard. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. And I'm here with Father John Clote, and we have been talking all about the sacrament of confession, its healing uh, properties, uh, the benefits of confession, obstacles to confession, why people stay away from it. And we're urging people, urging them to come back to this great sacrament. So, Father John, why don't we 
uh, spend some time talking a little bit about this film that's going to be released on Divine Mercy Sunday. So the film is, is entitled The Miracle Box, and it chronicles this dramatic um, series of true stories of, uh, of those who encounter Christ in a really powerful way in the Catholic Church's sacrament of confession. And so through the process it, 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 uh, of these accounts, it, it kind of puts a spotlight on God's grace and this, this very quiet power that moves through this sacrament and how it uh, applies to um, things that, were, that many of us are, are, are dealing with in our culture today. And so the, the, the underlying critical message of the film is really one that is poignant for our times because it, it uncovers and it illuminates Christ's message of divine mercy, especially as it's revealed to St. Faustina. But St. Faustina would be the first to tell you that what was revealed to her is really, you know, scriptural. It's, it's, it's in scripture, you know. So these amazing stories of God's mercy, they just come alive and it's first you know, firsthand, first in testimony, people sharing, you know, these very courageous and, and personal accounts of, uh, of what happened in their life, how they got to where they were, and then what happened when they put that hand on the doorknob and walked into that confessional and, um, and what happened with it. So Scott Hahn, as I mentioned before, is, is in the film. And he really drills down into the scriptural foundations of the sacrament. And what it does, it, div it breathes divine life back into the soul. Because mortal sin kills the, the, the divine life within us. And confession resurrects that life. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to remember when we talk about, you know, when we talk about the sacrament of confession, it's absolutely you know, necessary for mortal sins. Venial sins can be forgiven through repentance and prayer and reception of the Eucharist, but mortal sins, you know, those are normally forgiven through the sacrament of confession. And so, um, one of the, the confessional uh, in the uh, catechism that you'd want to look up is uh, catechism number 1452. And that talks about what if you can't get to confession? What if somebody can't get to confession? You have to have a pretty good reason. But if, however, someone's enabled to confess their sins, they can obtain forgiveness through perfect contrition. And what's perfect contrition? Perfect contrition is contrition for sin, not because of fear of punishment for sin, but rather out of love for God who is offended and has a hatred for the sin committed. Um, the, you know, one thing the sacraments do is they make visible the invisible. And in the sacrament of confession, it makes audible what is inaudible. In other words, the absolution. And I forgive you of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We need to hear that. Our ears, our human ears need to hear that. It's very important. And um, I know as a penitent, when I hear that, when I go to confession, uh, my heart is lifted. An immediate lifting takes place. I feel once again the strength to move forward and to do whatever God's asking me to do with the confidence that he has forgiven me and that I need to go back to work. 
Beautiful. Right? And I'll affirm that. I, uh, I often, when I go to confession, I get a little emotional. I tend to be an emotional person, but it, it's like so heartfelt for me when I confess those sins. Sometimes there's tears because I truly am feeling so sorry about my struggle. Um, but yes, hearing those words of absolution, I just take a deep breath almost every time. I'm like, ah, oh, that feels good. <laughs> get that off of my soul. And I walk out of there a new person I, every single time. And, and one, one comment I want to make. So some people struggle because they're like, well, if I went, uh, I would have to confess the same thing over and over and over because I'm struggling with the same thing. And it's like, that's okay. Keep going and keep confessing because as you explained, we will be strengthened to fight against those bad habits and our will will be strengthened so we will eventually not have to confess the same things over and over. I'm proof of that. Not only that, but if, if you're a parent and you have a son or a daughter that maybe struggles with um, drug use or any kind of thing that you know you know as a parent is going to be really harmful for them? Yep. How do you feel if, if your son or your daughter said, well, I already told my parents, you know, this is, wouldn't you want them to say, Dad, I'm still struggling with this. Mom, I'm still struggling with this. This is what happened this time. Wouldn't you want to hear that? Yes. You know? Great you example. Yeah. what? You can offer some, you can offer some advice. You can offer support. You can offer your love. And that's what God does through this sacrament. Yeah, can we get into some of the stories, some of the beautiful stories uh, of the confessional Miracle Box movie? Yeah, I want to say that, um, you know, there's, the, the film is about an hour long, okay? Okay. And what I really wanted to do, I didn't want this to be a film about, even though Scott Hahn is in the film, I didn't want it to be a long list of talking heads of, of priests or theologians saying this is what the church teaches about it. Right. What I wanted it to be was to give an understanding of what the church teaches, but that I wanted people to see the practical application of what that looks like in real life by people just like us, real sinners. Right. Yeah. And so one of the, uh, the ladies that we interview is um, a woman that had three abortions. Mm. And confession was absolutely instrumental in uh in in that healing for her and her coming back to a recognition that even though these were poor choices that she made that she is a beloved daughter of god and now she does great things for other women who are struggling with these things and men who have struggled with this whole issue of abortion um, so that's one of the stories. Okay. Uh, another story, a man's uh, grandmother in the early 1990s, a, um, a 23-year-old drug dealer broke into his grandmother's house and murdered her. Mm. And he goes through and he talks about the process for him especially, but also his family members, of what it was like to try to go to confession and ask for forgiveness for his sins when he knew that he wasn't forgiving this gentleman who killed his grandmother mm -hmm. um, another person is uh, Dave Abel who tells the story how he was addicted to pornography and how it destroyed really important parts of his life and the regret that he had and he could not do anything about it 
and he was when he was when he was a young man he was actually molested mm -hmm. and so this set himself up for a life of addiction a life of, of um, pain and a life of uh, regret now he says this he's a very successful businessman and you would look on with a big family you'd look on the outside and say well and he says this people would look at me and they said you got it all you're the american dream and but what he says what they wouldn't see is they wouldn't they, they didn't see my heart they didn't see what i was dealing with yep and um, and so he talks about the thursday that he finally went to confession and he as he expresses this, the joy on his face is still evident many years later that he, you know, and he says, that was, that was the defining moment for me. Something happened to me in the confessional that caused me to be unburdened in a way that he said no psychologist or psychiatrist could have ever done. And he had money for that. And that's the thing. We have resources to get as many counselors as we want. But there's no counselor, there's no psychiatrist, there's no physician like the divine physician, Christ, right? Yeah. So that's, that's David Abel's story. Then um, we tell the story of, of uh, Daphne Gutierrez. And Daphne Gutierrez is a woman who actually lives here in Phoenix. He was away from the church for many, many years. She had a very hard life. And she had a very uh, um, difficult condition to treat that uh, essentially caused a physical condition that caused her to go blind. Mm. And she did go blind, and she was uh, heartbroken. She was uh, in her mid, mid to early 30s when this happened. And this happened, by the way, just a few years ago. And her, God bless her sister-in-law because her sister-in-law said, you know, when's the last time you were at church? And she hadn't been to church. She hadn't been to confession and church in 17 years. Wow. 17 years. So she walked into a church, a Catholic church here in Phoenix, and uh, she was blind. And she had her cane, and she was holding, her sister-in-law was, sister was holding her by the elbow, and her sister-in-law was, was, you could tell, had a very spunky attitude, and she said, Daphne, you need to go to confession. And Daphne's first response was, I'm not going to confession. And her sister-in-law said, okay, you want to be in charge? You're in charge. And he, she pulled her arm away and walked away. Oh, my. Daphne was in the middle of an unknown space with this white cane, with people around her, and she just began to cry. She knew she was in church. So Maria walked back over to her. <laughs> and said, Had mercy. And said, said, do you want to go to confession now? And she said, I'll go to confession. She went to confession, she came out of confession, and she said, who was in there with me? And Maria said, well, the priest was in there with you. And she said, no, there was somebody else in there with me. Who was in there with me? And she said, when the priest was praying the prayer over me, and I felt, it felt like a hand on my shoulder. Mm. So... She, this was an irreversible condition. We interview her doctors and we show the medical documents and everything in the film. But this was an irreversible, it has never been reversed in the history of this disease. So she confesses. She goes home and 
she wakes up at four in the morning and her eyes are burning. And she tells her husband, tries to wake him up, elbowing him, saying, my eyes are burning, my eyes are burning, and I, I think I can see some light. And he says, you're crazy, it's, it's your, your brain's playing tricks on you, go back to bed. <laughs> Long story short, within 48 hours, she had 20-20 vision. Oh my gosh. Praise God. I saw, her, I saw her a few weeks ago. She still has 20-20 vision. She's raising her three kids. She told God, if you don't heal me for me, because I know I don't deserve it, please do it for my kids. Wow, that is powerful. Yeah. And what she will tell you is that she doesn't just see physically now, she sees spiritually. Amen. She sees, she sees the beauty of, of God in a way that she have never experienced him before. And all she did was go in, kneel down, and tell the priest what she did wrong with her head to heart and through <sighs> contrition and a firm purpose of amendment. And that was the result. Oh, I love that. We have a, just over a minute left. So right, well, I'll, I'll do this very quickly. And, and this will be a good cliffhanger for us, right? So people will have to go out and buy the movie. Exactly. So... At the end of the movie, we tell the story of Rudolf Hess. Rudolf Hess was a Catholic who heard Adolf Hitler give a talk in Munich in 1922 and left the Catholic Church. He was a good Catholic kid. He thought, thought about being a priest. He adopted Nazism. He rejected the teachings of the Church. And he went on to be the commandant of Auschwitz. Oh. It was the greatest killing camp in perhaps the most infamous in World War II. And... A lot of people don't know what happened to him at the end of his life. And so I'm going to leave it there. Oh, that's a great cliffhanger. I love that. Now we definitely have to go get the movie. <laughs> Father John, in these last... stories. There's a lot more stories in the film, and I think people will really enjoy it. And again, it's an hour long, and... Um... Oh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to bless many lives and get people back in that miracle, miracle box to receive all the grace that God wants to pour into their lives, right? In this last few seconds, can you just finish with a, a blessing for us all? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, through the prayers, merits, and intercession of St. Padre Pio, St. Maximilian, Maria Colby, St. Faustina, and St. Pope John Paul II, may Almighty God bless you and keep you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I know that this uh, show is going to bless many lives and get many more people, hopefully, back into that great gift of the Sacrament of Confession. Thank you, Father John. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life, and until we meet again, I'm wishing you all this fullness of life. Bye. Salve Regina, Mother Misericordia, Pizza dulcedo, et spes nostra salve. A te clamamus, exules filiebe. A te suspiramus, 
Gementes Atlantes in hoc lacrimarum vale. Ega ergo, advocata nostra, illustruos misericordes oculos ad nos convete. Et Jesu, benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis postoc exilium ostende. Virgo Maria.